Hi everyone and welcome to the Mike White's podcast, episode 156. As always, I'm Jack, joined by KC. Hello. How's things, mate? Yep. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, as is tradition now, um, our alternate opening. The scene opens on Jesse Marsh in his living room, looking at his family. Kids, there's three ways to do things. The right way, the wrong way, and the Jesse Marsh way. Isn't that the wrong way? Yeah, but duller. I know, we have, uh, we, we have found out a fairly quick way to, to lose these games. Yeah. Just get people <laughs> get people sent off early doors. Yeah, um, we will quickly cover the one bit of good news from Wednesday. Watford nil, Everton nil. So they're not out of it yet. They're only two points ahead. I don't think it's going to matter because I think they'll be fine. But, you know, the more teams in it, the better. Right, Leeds nil, Chelsea three. Is there a single positive that can be taken out of that? No, because my day was... uh, I I play five-a-side on a Wednesday night. We had an 8.30 kickoff. And before I'd even set off, we were 1-0 down and a man down. Got to... uh, This was probably the omen for the night. Got to Paul Green's football factory. And uh, the other team didn't show up without warning. Well, at least you get the win. Yeah, but I could have been drinking at this point. Heavily. Yeah, I could have been coming to terms quicker with with what was what was coming and the pessimism with which consumed me yeah um obviously the pessimism very much consumed me a while ago and i have actually reached the acceptance stage of grief which is nice uh before we even get into the game itself the setup that jesse marsh went with given the players on the pitch i don't even mean pick a different team with those players on the pitch, that setup was fucking baffling. Like how he picked four centre halves. So my initial thought was we're playing a back four with Cock or Uente, probably Cock at right back, and Straub at left back. But I did concede that could be three centre backs, Cock in midfield, and like James and Harrison as the wing backs. No. But no, no, no. I'd love to say a back three with two wing backs, but really it was a back four offset, like Strauch left back, then three centre backs, and then Rafinha at right wing back, an asymmetric back, five. and then and so like a back four but offset to the left, and then a right wing back and two CDMs offset to the right, with like Phillips and Bate, and then three up top with. No real chance of getting into the game. Um, but like Dan James, the one thing that we took out of the Arsenal game was actually Dan James looked pretty good at right wing back, he did all right, and Rafinha's his best attacking player. So just switch him round, like it's it is uh, a rocket surgery, the, the as idea, they say. The idea being as well that if you have someone as technically gifted as Rafinha who also has pace but is not. Dan James quick, and you have Dan James able to make an overlapping run past Rafinha. Mm. That's quite an attacking threat, and I don't think it works quite as well the opposite way around. No, we, honestly, we might never know now. I honestly couldn't believe it when I saw that setup because I put both up on options as our Twitter, like, well, it's one of them. No, <laughs> I mean, this a lot of people before that game said, if he plays Rafinha at fucking right back, I'm done with him. And there's a lot of people who are done with him. Like, don't get me wrong, we aren't going to sack him for the last two games, and we shouldn't either. It would be a ridiculous chilino thing to do. That's worse but, but right now, gun to your head, whether we stay up or not, do you want him here next season? I'm, again, as the positive one, I'm willing to give him more leeway as I don't think this is his vision. I I did put on our Twitter that I don't think Jesse Marsh understands Jesse Marsh's ideas. I think think you've you've got this (laughs) section now of players who have had such a particular style ingrained in them. 
and then we have made changes to that and they are stuck some way between them yeah like like the idea of it again if you were gonna if you were gonna change manager and if you weren't happy with the fact that the manager didn't want any additional players then you've got to make that change in january yeah when there's still time to do something in the transfer window yeah or you you commit to Bielsa and just say right fuck it this goes how it goes now yeah it's i mean that's that's us getting annoyed before we even got into the game the other thing i wanted to say about the starting lineup i have absolutely no issue with starting lewis bait it would be hypocritical of me to do so i have said all season i want him to play more than he has been but is it the move of a desperate man to suddenly give him the start now i don't know desperate like it's what i mean what are the other options at this point if you, if you are playing Mateus click or robin cock in midfield i know let's be honest I don't think anyone's enthused by either of those at the moment. The click, click is, the clicks form's been a bit up and down recently. I don't really want to see Cock and Phillips as a as a midfield pair. Uh, before I forget, the other option is Shackleton. But when was the last time you saw him play in midfield? Could have uh, could have taken out in midfield. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, again, that and I understood not starting Shackleton in that game if he if he's lacking fitness or whatever but um i understood it for for the dynamism that i think it adds to the central midfield but it, it was a tough it's a tough opponent to play against but they've yeah, got some like, fantastic central midfielders i would say like i don't think Bates stood out in a negative sense at all i think he was as good as those around him he did get bullied a little bit Mm. Uh, just because, I mean, which isn't surprising, but like I am, I'm pleased to see him get some football because I think he, I think he deserves it. But just, I, I ju- the throwing it in now. Like I said on the on the podcast that we did before the Chelsea game, is Lewis Bate a genuine option? And we both said yes, but we both also said we'd be amazed if he started him. Mm. And he did, so I was very surprised. But, you know, as with the Arsenal game, this is a tough game, one of them that you do expect to lose. So, you know, you don't give them some early. So, three and a half minutes in, uh, Reese James breaks down the right, Strauch stands him up, pulls it back to Mason Mount, who has the freedom of Elland Road. And, yeah, it's a, it's a fantastic finish from a very good footballer. But he's got so much space. And... Like, Lewis Bate is across in the middle covering. The one who's sort of chasing him is Calvin Phillips. And Phillips is 15 yards behind him and blow, seemed to be blowing out of his ass, which is a bad sign because it was three and a half minutes in. I I just... If you're going to set up this way, the one thing you should have is a load of bodies back so there isn't a load of room anywhere centrally. <laughs> can, I, can I say my favourite omen for the start of this game was Liam Cooper shouting at the sky cameras to get the fuck off the pitch? Yeah, that that's that, what that, we did notice. We did notice that from the stand as well. <laughs> it was uh, it was it's not quite Neil Warnock squaring up to the camera, mm. a la Liam Gallagher, but um, you, you're just watching something go. Oh God, um, no, it was. I I missed the goal live as well because I didn't realise I was for whatever reason and I'm watching this on Sky was watching this on a recording three minutes behind. Huh. So I looked <laughs> at my phone that said one nil down and I went, How is the sky feed behind? <laughs> oh. Then you know it's like the blue. Yep. <laughs> so oh. that, you that should at least then you knew you could just fast forward three minutes and never see it. Ah, oh, I wish. Um yeah, I just again, I, it's just that thing of keep it tight, pick up your man, just just get through the first twenty minutes, and and I understand that they're going to create chances, and and you know what, if if a Chelsea player gets past you because of of a bit of quality, you can't fault it because that they're a fantastic collection of players, mm. but. 
we haven't half made it easy these these last couple of weeks to create chances. Yeah, like Ali just said the thing saying Marsh tried to be pragmatic so we don't concede six and seven again, and we didn't. But we hope he's hoping we go back to Marsh's attacking method. The thing is, I haven't seen Marsh's attacking method because our best performance was still that one against Leicester, and it's because we weren't really using Marsh's attacking method. I'm as I say, I I will come on to it later, but I'm hoping that we see like we did in that opening game for him against Leicester, where it's like basically a four-two-four, and we have a go because we need to win. But well, the, uh, we'll get onto this, but if you uh, if you got uh, like his comments beforehand, yeah, we may as well talk about that now. When he was asked in the press conferences, this game must win, and he said no, but you need to get at least a draw. Now, technically. If Burnley lose to Spurs... We're 18th in the table with yeah. two games left, man. You know, as in, we technically can get away with a draw. But you've got to win this game. Burnley have got two to play after this one. We've only got one. We need to win this game. There is a... What, I understand. It, it's, going to... un, it's going underreported among the fanbase that, like, we could be relegated at 4pm tomorrow. Not officially, because we can only be three points behind. But we'll but be three points difference. behind with a 16 or whatever it is worst goal difference. I don't think Burnley will beat Spurs. But if they do and we lose, we're down. Yeah. Because then Everton will play at our thought and get summer and it's over. Like, it's, it's we have to win. It is do or die time. Um. Uh, by the way, Arsenal, uh, or Spurs battering Arsenal... To me, really said Burnley win. Like it, that that's how that's how football works in my brain now that Spurs turned up, turned over Arsenal very comfortably, and will absolutely throw it away against Burnley. Yeah, in theory, that Spurs result was a good result for Leeds because mm. Spurs obviously are playing Burnley, they're well in the top four flat fight now, and Arsenal have got to play Everton on the last day, and they should... We want them to still be fighting all the way through because it keeps them both motivated. Um, after their first goal, it was still all them, but we did sort of stem the flow of the attacks a bit. You know, we 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 weren't any threat ourselves, but we did slightly improve. Enter Dan James. Uh, now, this is one of them where I, I immediately put it on our Twitter and I messaged you and a couple of other people because obviously the treatment took a while where I had to message to find out if that tackle was actually bad or not. Because from the stand-upper, you were behind Kovacic. He did get the ball. And from that high up, you can't tell how high off the ground Dan James is. So mm. it actually looked like a, like a very strong but good tackle from where we were. Of course, I have now seen it back on the television. And it was a leg breaker. Yeah, it was a dreadful challenge. <laughs> What was he thinking? I mean, on the on the idiot scale, I don't think it's quite as high as Luke Ayling's. Because Ayling ran 15 yards to do his, he had even longer to make his mind up. I think Dan James's was just a bad tackle rather than a decision to make a bad tackle. But it's still fucking idiotic. And the sort of thing... like The last time we saw runs of red cards like this was the very back end of Thomas Christensen. When he'd lost, when he'd lost all the players, and they just were gone, and it just went to shit. And I'm really hoping that that's not what's happening here, and that they're just, I don't know, too fired up. But By I just, Gandhi. yeah. I look. I keep. I'm going to rag on him a bit here, mostly because I'm frustrated. I'm. I'm not against. Ma, I need to say Christiansen then. Um, yeah. No, definitely Jeff, against Christiansen. Don't bring him in. I, no, I'm going to say the, uh, I, I still think the harshest one I've heard, but the funniest one is Jessing Bottom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Hackney Marshball. Uh, <laughs> like, but... <laughs> I, I, I'm not I'm not there yet with him, but you look at some of the, like you say, his team selections, and, and they are there to be questioned. Like the, I think... The, this idea that we're, that we're playing Chelsea, and I, and I don't, I don't mind if you, if you pack. Like I said, my idea, as I said to you before, was five, you know, five three two, 
pack your central midfield, your central midfield, get Rodri- get Rafinha and Rodrigo up front, and just hope to get in behind and let your wing backs go. Yeah, like you've, you've yeah. got Harrison, you've got Dan James, you have the legs to do that. And, and I can understand playing like that against a team like Chelsea because if you go out losing that game two 0 but you've if you can pick out the right ball to get Rafinha in behind, it, it it's understandable. But I looked at that and just went. You've got Rodrigo up front on his own. Who the the thing I will say about Rodrigo in his defense is the man is not a number nine. Like that that's it's not certainly what, not it's certainly not a lone striker, is he? No, and, and I don't think that's what he was ever bought for either. You know, and I think between injuries and, and things, he's been unlucky in that regard, but like I don't think he's been very good these last few games, but the way we were against He's had Chelsea, nothing to work I with. I don't think Erling Haaland would have been any good either. Like, nah. um, I mean, we sort of got we got as close as we could to your formation after after Dan James's red card. We'd went back five, three in mid, three in midfield, one of whom was Rafinha now playing centre mid, and Rodrigo on his own up top, and you know made it to half time. Still haven't created out. Then. We we sort of stick in it. While ever it's 1-0, you've got a chance. As we saw against Arsenal, you can nick one. Anyone can nick one. And then the Pulisic goal happens and it's game over. But at that point, we had basically a back five, not a back three. We had a back five and three central midfielders in front of them. So you've packed the middle. So how is Pulisic completely unmarked, 19 yards out, <laughs> middle of goal? Uh, like as I, I was on about it with my dad on, when we were walking back up Beeston Hill. I understand when you were do when we were doing the man to man system, which I honestly think, unless you're brilliant, you can get pulled apart. It's fine. Like you know, if they all move around, the wingers cut in field. They got they if they all move wide, your players move wide. There's a massive space in the middle. I can understand how that. When we're playing this formation. With, I don't see how there's a giant gap 19 yards out, middle of goal. I don't know how that's possible. No, it's hello, cat. And, and, and again, to be to be generous to him, it's this idea of trying to implement tactics two thirds of the way through a season after three and a half years with the same manager. Yeah, look, well, it's it's going to take time. And, th- and that's why, typically, when you bring in a new manager, you want them to play against a couple of non-league, no-marks to to get the basic movements and positions down. Yeah. Um, instead, well, I mean, he, see... instead, he's running it against Premier League teams. <laughs> did you see in the programme notes, Kinnear said, well, we knew we weren't going to be able to do this switch in sort of 12 games. Then maybe you don't do it. Or you do, or you do it earlier. But he, yeah, I just I, I mean look don't get me wrong I am I am a I am a bit pissed. in fact I'm quite a lot pissed off with Jesse Marsh to be honest I, the the teams he's putting out I just disagree with the way he's setting them up but don't get me wrong this isn't his fault like the the fault is above him the fault is Rajasani mm. Kania Orta I I'd think Orta I think Orta probably is the main one but. I mean, there is also some blame on Marsh. There's, of course, a big heap of blame on Bielsa as well. Mm. You know, it's all of them. But if I have to pick one out, I think it's got to be Orta because he's the common thread right through. Mm. But I'm, I am pissed. I, I just think we're in a situation where we have to win games. Our goal difference doesn't matter. So you don't have the, to... These are the two games now where, as I said against Arsenal, once you're down to 10... I understand playing defensively about that because you've still got three games to go. You're about to play another Champions League qualifying team. Like you could put if that work goes wrong, and I know we we did in the end. We shipped six in those two games. Mm. Um, yeah. Sorry, it was five, wasn't it? Five. Sorry, no. Arsenal. Arsenal didn't feel like two one, <laughs> but it was. <laughs> but if you if you go out and attack those then you could realistically 
we could we could have realistically conceded nine, ten, eleven goals in those two games. And but I, and I, I don't, would argue, I don't I think would argue be... by the way, that being defensive, we that and playing exactly the same games that we just did, we could have conceded nine. This this is true, but I, I, like, <laughs> I, I thought again the logic coming out of the Arsenal game was we've come out of that with a two one defeat where at the time when Ailing got sent off that could that could have gone horribly wrong very quickly mm. and I, and i think it might have built a bit of confidence yeah it's and not the, after the red it's not after the red cards that i don't like his but it seems like yeah, it's at it's, kickoff yeah um it, it, but it is now the point where we are playing the two teams where we are most likely out of out of, since we are since the man city game these are the two games now where we are most likely to pick up anything yeah. and you have to go for it because especially now that we are, we have had three games in a row where we have conceded a goal within the first ten minutes, mm. and had a player and two in a row, a player sent off around about twenty-five. Yeah, so we need to go for it from the off, and clearly we need to try and get something early doors. Mm. Um, and Christ help us if someone gets sent off against Brighton. Yeah. Um, well, we'll we'll quickly mention the third goal. Uh, at this point, the game's dead. Juventus gets the ball. His actual initial turn out of trouble was quite good. And then he had sort of a longish pass back to the keeper or the pass out to the right. And if he'd have just played that pass and it had been booted up the pitch, you'd have gone, no, he's got actual well there. And then for some reason, he just keeps the ball, tries to dribble some more, loses it. They play the way through. Lukaku has an easy chance. So three players throw the bodies in front of it. Nice commitment. But Lukaku's good. So he just waited. <laughs> then smashed it. it. A bit. Strike seemed to be on. He seemed to have strike on the floor, just sort of flopping around to try and get <laughs> whatever he could on the ball for about ten seconds. Like strike he just, just like that. No, no, he basically no. toyed. He basically toyed with him, didn't he? But it all came from the mistake. Uh, the, when when there was talk of us having four central defenders in a back four, mm. there was part of me thought, I don't think Diego Llorente right back would be the worst thing. Well, we've seen it, like. I'd rather, it, it, like, I'd rather it, him than, than Cock, and I'd, I'd definitely rather him than Rafinha at this point. And Rafinha, yeah. who I genuinely think, like, when I watch him, is 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 trying his best as oh, a yeah, right back. I'm not at all buying this he doesn't care bullshit. I'm not buying that at all. No, I, I, I genuinely think, like, I, I watched his, the, the, the bits where I was at home and I was able to watch the game. I was watching his movement, and he is—he is trying his best. It's—he's not been lazy about the role, but he's also one of the—he's also one of the, you know, next big things potentially as as wingers. And we're playing as a right wing back in a relegation battle. It's yeah, like Barcelona can't come soon enough for that man. No, uh, like the—it was just. Some of the play, just the pass, even before the red card, there was no passing, no nothing. It was just such a shit performance. And I think the thing that really pissed me off about that Chelsea game was for the first time since the end of the 2017-18 season, I was sat in that West Stand, in, at West Stand, East Stand, Upper. I don't know why I said West. I don't know how that happened. Yeah, I was, I was sat for a while. Yeah, I was sat. I was sat there, and for the first time in like four years. I was bored. And I, don't, I I mean, just like, you know, sat leaning on my hand a bit. Like just like, and I know that it's because we've been spoiled. But God, it's been a while since I felt like that at mm. football. I've, I've felt like that on some games in telly. But that's the first time I've been in the stadium and been just bored watching it. I really, it was so dull and poor. And oh god, I just I mean don't go wrong, I'd take two more incredibly balling games if we're winning both one nil. Mm. But it, it I I just don't think that this is gonna work. <laughs> I just don't. Um Leeds no. are now Leeds are now four to seven KC. Do you, the optimistic one, have any hope? No, it went out the window. I I genuinely I came home Wednesday. I threw I threw the diet in the bin for, for the rest of the week and I just ate my feelings. <laughs> um it, it, the, the annoying thing is 
in terms of the two teams to play now, these are two winnable games. Yeah, they're not easy, but they are winnable. No, but and, and this is the bit that does come down to Marsh is that right now I do not trust him to put out an eleven that gets the best out of those eleven players. No, um, I. I think since he came back, Calvin Phillips doesn't look anything like how he has. I, this idea of the of having Rafinha filling at right wing back is and then going to centre mid bizarre. I mean, against against Arsenal, he started Dan James at number ten. Yeah, I... like that. That makes no sense. He is not a technical footballer. He's a pace merchant. No, if if you. And if you were going to play someone there out of position, it's Rafinha. Yeah, I don't want him at ten. But if one of us, if one of him, Harrison or James is playing there, it's Rafinha of the three. Yeah. Or if. And I think James is third of those three. And again, <laughs> and then the fact he was playing ten behind Joe Gelhart was really like, surely that would be the that would be the Rodrigo game. If you're going to have yeah. Joe Gellhart lead them, then play the guy who who is the deep lying forward. Yeah. Then you play like it. Just I, I need to see, like you say, us go back to this four triple two. Yeah. Get Harrison and Rafinha. Just have them play wide yeah. like this, this. I mean, that's if that's if Harrison's fit, obviously. God, I hope he is. Because because genuinely, the next one in line for me. To, to play at left wing is Junior Firpo. Uh, who, who, I, gen, who genuinely, I think it might be better for him. Yeah, we'll we'll come on to what we think our team will be, but I sort of have a few feelings with that. Is it uh, to play Rafinha on both wings? Yes. <laughs> like when like when Leicester won the league and we had Danny drunk Drinkwater in midfield with Kante either side. Yeah. Uh well there's two <laughs> Sunday, 12 o'clock, Spurs v Burnley. Spurs better not fuck that up. Because, look, imagine how nervy Ellen Road's going to be on Sunday. Mm. Like, you're not going to be at the game, but you've been there for big games. You know what it's like. Yeah. If Burnley have won that game, that place is going to turn poisonous and quick. And especially Spur- depending on the especially depending on the starting lineup. Yeah, if Burnley get a draw, it might do. If Spurs win, it would not get poisonous until we were either three 0 down or it was like the ninetieth minute. Because mm. if if Burnley get beat, it'll be like the last few games where it's just pure support, nothing else, unless you're sat in the East End lower and deciding to keep the ball. Yeah, yeah that um, happened. Yeah. So I I mean obviously that game is vital just because we need Spurs to win, but in terms of Leeds' actual prospects in the game, I think that's vital as well. Two o'clock, Brighton at home. It's weird because oh God, I hope they're terrible, but I have got nothing but compliments for Brighton and Graham Potter. It's it's almost a shame we're not playing at Brighton because take out the scum game last week, and they've really struggled for goals at home. Yeah, their home record wasn't very that great, was it? Until that one, we were on. You were on about it like a podcast or two ago. How their home yeah. record was pretty terrible because we couldn't understand why some of them didn't like Potter, and then we realised all the good results were away. Yeah, um, so I'm just loading up the the detailed league table here. Uh, Brighton have scored 16 goals at home. Yeah, and four of them were against yeah. United in that last game, so a quarter of them were in that game. Yeah, that they are better away from home. With they've won seven, drawn seven, uh, and lost four. Mm. Um, I just, yeah, I just think I I know that it's it's one of them. It's a bit di- divisive because when his teams go on bad runs, well, this Brighton team, they do appear to have long good runs and long bad runs. Right. So sometimes. So sometimes Potter gets a bit of stick, but I I really rate him and he is one of the people who I would have liked to have ended up with the Leeds job. But I, there's no way it happened. Sh- shall I tell you the thing that will drain the co- any remaining confidence from you? 
I mean, it won't take much because there's all no, there's none there really. The the Premier League table, if it was just away games, Brighton would be fifth. Yeah, like they're, they're quite good away from home. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm not surprised. They're a good side. Uh, they play sort of a three four two one, which arguably is what we played against Chelsea. The difference is they know how to do it. Uh, Robert Sanchez in goal is a good keeper. Um, since Dan Byrne went to Newcastle, they've moved Kukurea to like left centre back, but that left side really attacks. Like he still basically plays like a left back and still goes forward. And the last two games, which are a 3 0 win at Wolves and a 4 0 win B Scum, uh, Trossard was basically left wing back, but he was sort of a lot more attacking than that. That left side really pushed on. Uh, Kukure will probably be alongside Duncan Veltman. Mm. Uh, so that's fairly solid. Solly Marsh, right wing back. Midfield two for the last two games has been very good, and it's been back Moises Caicedo and Eve Bissouma. And against Man United, they had Pascal Gross and Alexis McAllister behind Danny Welbeck. Unless there's some injuries I don't know about, I'm assuming that's not going to change. Because yeah. they were they were excellent. Yeah, you, you wouldn't fancy them them changing that, really. Um, obviously, they've got Tyreek Lamptey coming off the bench as well, because I think he's he's not found his way back in since his since his injury. No, but, but they might fancy him against us because he... It, didn't we oh, draw 0-0 no. at Brighton? Didn't we, did we draw 0-0 at Brighton, but they absolutely battered us? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's... It's one of those things you look at that team, and again, there's no one particularly outstanding. But no, like, I mean, they are a Tross, decent if, group. If Trossard was a good finisher, I'd, he'd be. I think he's a really good player. I really rate him. Mm. Um, like they've also like if one at centre backs drops out, Adam Webster's there. He's pretty good as well. Uh, they've also got that Enoch Mwepu, but I think he's injured. And then, of course, if they want to play him, they've got Neil Morpé, who has a great record against us, and more importantly, absolutely hates us. Yeah, he's got. So he'll uh, be. And bench. as as Danny Welbeck came through at Man United, I'm guessing he's probably not keen. Yeah. Which is a shame after all those times he nearly signed for Leeds. Credit for square ball. <laughs> um. So, yeah, like they're, they're a good side. They've been playing this formation for two years. They play it well. Uh, Marsh said that Rafinha's available. Harrison and Bamford will be assessed. Somerville and Dallas are out. Obviously, Forshaw and Roberts are still out. Ailing and James are both banned. It's sort of this is the same question three times, really, but they are slightly different intonations. Should we play, play a back three? Will we play a back three? And will we only play a back three because we just have loads of centre-backs? I mean, for me, like I said, I, I go back to a back four. And, I mean, you could play all four centre-backs again. Like I said, I wouldn't mind seeing Llorente as a right-back and, and strike I do, a left-back again. That, uh, we, we sort of skipped by when you mentioned it before. Obviously, we have seen Llorente right-back. We saw it for two games. Because can you remember at Spurs, Phillips played centre-back to man-mark Kane hmm. and Urente played right-back to man-mark Song. And I think he did it again in one other game. But based on what we've seen the last couple of games, if a centre-back plays right-back, I think it'll be Robin Cock. Yeah. Which who, I... was pr- who was probably our best player against Chelsea. Like, it's not saying a lot, but... <laughs> And it's frustrating because I think Robin Cock is a genuinely decent footballer who I think has been unfortunate to have to spend so much of his time playing in midfield, being compared to Calvin Phillips and not having a regular person to play next to. Yeah. Um, but on a, honestly, for me, it'd be Cock and Cooper in the middle. Because I, I, if nothing else, I think that's your two most reliable centre-backs. Yeah. Um. And I think going, you know, in possession, Diego Llorente has something to offer going forward. I don't think he'd be a great right back to, you know, to get past the winger and, you know, get to the byline or anything like that. 
but I think he's better there than than centre back at the moment. I feel yeah. like if he messes something up, at least you're further away from goal. Yeah, we have had another message of Ali saying that he's hoping for a three-four-three with sort of a uh, Greenwood, Gellart, Rafinha front three because fuck it, why not at this stage? Uh, I, honestly, and like a, I a was four, so close. I was so four, close actually. to get Eddie Gray in and play the kids. Yeah, on Wednesday, he's four in midfield. Harrison on the left, uh, left wing back, Shaq right wing back, Phillips Bate, Coops Strap, Cooper Strap, Lorente at the back. I mean, it makes more sense than what we played against Chelsea for certain. Mm. Uh, but the um, yeah, I the my big worry if we play a back three is that it won't be a back three because I'm with you. I want about I want to go back to a back four. But I think if we play a back three, that it'll be a back five. Mm. And I honestly think I can see him picking a back five of Cock, Urente, Cooper, Strauk, and Furpo. I can see him doing that. Especially now that Harrison's probably not going to be fit. Like he can't play left wing back. I and then like if he if he did that. I think it'd then probably be like clicking Phillips in the two and a front three of sort of Raff on the right, Rodrigo up top, and like Gellart playing off the left. Hmm. Because we ain't got any wingers. At what point do we put Charlie Cresswell up front and just have two uh, and just have a central three? With ten minutes left at Brentford. <laughs> and we need Cresswell there to give to give someone to jump against Janssen and give Janssen plausible de- deniability for his late on goal. <laughs> um, but no, I I want a four, and I don't even I don't want four two three one. I still think the best we've looked under Marsh was it was four triple two, but it was basically four two four, mm. and we really pressed and went for it. And I I want us to do that. I think that's our best option to play like I mean, I'm trying to think what would be the best way to set like if we're gonna do that where you basically put play the six and a four up top, yeah. in that situation, I am absolutely fine with the four centre backs as a back four. You know, cock at right back, strike at left back. To try and because you can be solid and you can be direct if there's four attacking bodies there. Yeah. At the minute we're playing direct passes to one striker who is either Rodrigo, who's not that who's not that good in that situation, or Gelhar, who's not probably slightly better, but smaller. Mm. <laughs> like that isn't gonna work. If you want to be direct and get the ball forward quickly and try and play in transition, have players there to transition with. And, and also that, the, the, that's the what one, I want. And again, so who would you who would you have as your left winger in that fall then? Uh, the thing, I mean, obviously, I'm hoping Harrison's fit, but if he wasn't, I mean, I'd probably go with the two my two forwards would be Gellart and Rodrigo, and, un, unless by some miracle Bamford's fit. But even if he is, it'll only be for the bench, you would assume. Mm. Are they actually because it's Jesse Marsh, they're not going to be wingers, are they? They're going to invert. I'd, I'd play click and I'd play click and Rafinha. Again, honestly, like, and, and I, I love, I love a winger. I love someone who stays wide and gets to the byline. That that's oh, obviously, why I if, like in my football. If and, I'm and, picking, they do this. I just don't think Marshall let them. <laughs> yeah, I, and again, I, I genuinely think, look, Furpo would be the answer for me there, and. For for all the stick he's got, he's gone. I don't think in the last few games he's been like he's not played well, but he's not played any worse than anyone else, really. No, he, he has been. He, got he, has, he has been nominally fine, as in the team's been playing at five out of ten, and so has he. But I, I, I don't know if at that rate you, you take the pressure off him where he's not got someone I, running. You see, I just don't think he's. I just don't think he's technically good enough to do it. Like genuinely, I ahead of him in the list. To play as a left winger in like a four-two-four, I've got Sean McGurk ahead of him in that list. Mm. I've got I've got Liam McCarran ahead of him in that list. I just 
I, I just don't think... I'm not going to lie, I would despair if it came to either one of those two starting this game. Yeah, oh yeah, that would not be a good idea, but like I honestly, I'd, I'd end up picking them in that position of a third player. And again, the other, the other reason I, I do think about him is... That's one thing we haven't said, by the way. Ali's just said, that's why I put Greenwood up there. Rodrigo for movement, Gellart for... And Greenwood, in my thought, to be honest with you saying that, one thing that I didn't think to say, and he's right, an option for that would be to put Greenwood with Rodrigo and play Gellar off the left, or vice, or vice versa. Mm. Whichever one feels more comfortable doing that role, I think that like Greenwood's long shooting's probably no, no Gellar's long shooting's excellent. Yeah, I'd have Greenwood up top and Gellar further back if I was doing that. Yeah, I, I mean, it's such a shame that Somerville got injured. Yeah, this could have been his chance. Like I know. He, he's probably. Does he play more on the? Does he play more on the left? Does he play on the right? He normally plays on the right. But uh, all, but if, uh, it's a hill I die on. It's one of the things that annoys me on Football Manager when you get a right winger through and he can't play on the left at all. Anyone hmm. who plays wide can play on both wings. Hmm. They'll have one that they're better at, but anyone can do it a bit. Just like any right back can play right wing. Just not as well. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> the other reason I did think about Furpo as well is I, I do think he brings a physical presence. I think he's he's marking at set pieces. It's fine. He is tall enough, and he, he would recently, be something. He would be more of an outball than most of the players we have up there. I mean, I suppose if he's gonna play, he. I mean, I, if he's gonna play, he's probably less dangerous to us in that position. But mm. as I said, I, I just don't think he's the. I mean, I'd be if he did it. I'd, if he did it, I'd hope he scores a hat trick and makes me look like a right idiot. But that would be magical. But the I legitimately had a dream that he scored a last minute winner at Brentford to keep us up. Oh, it was a it pandemonium. was a, it, it, a Uente header from a corner saved fell to Furpo, who like went to lash it in and sort of sliced it into the top corner. <laughs> I, I'll take it. I'll snap your hand off. Um, yeah, and like the, the reason that I think some of the, by the way, would have been so good for Marsh Ball is, did you, like, I mean, I know we went to one, but when you watch the under-23s, they seem to have a better grasp of how this is meant to be played than the first team did. Like, their yeah. style and stuff. And he was starting on the right, but coming inside and attacking direct through the middle all the time. And he looked dangerous every time. It's why... If we did keep Marsh and we were in the championship, one of my positives would be, right, try and get him on a new contract and play him. I, I think I said to someone earlier that when people were talking, again, because the talk has now turned to the potential life in the championship. Because hmm. I do think, you, obviously, we would lose a lot of players if we went down. But I do think you'd still end up with a core of... Uh, Ali agreeing with you there, but we're far better up the pitch, just awful at defending. Yeah, get him up there. I, I, <laughs> I, I, genuinely, I think he, he possesses the physical stats to do it. I know the idea of, of coming in doesn't wouldn't suit him, but hmm. I, I still think he'd be better. But, but anyway, um, yeah, the idea of losing a lot of players, but I still think you'd end up with a core of click for sure. Cooper, Ailing, yeah, maybe one or two others. I'm trying to think who'd definitely but, stay. Like, I think we'd still have Dan James. He'd be an interesting one. Who's gonna Who's gonna buy him? Yeah. By the way, I I, I did have this thought. In the summer, when we signed Dan James. Do you think he was uh, sort of end of the transfer window anyway? Do you think looking back now, knowing that with them knowing about Bamford's injuries, that Dan James was signed as the backup for Bamford? I think um, because I, I think just, you're I, know... giving, I think you're giving them more credit than they deserve. No, I'm no, I'm thinking Bielsa. I think entirely Bielsa. Yeah. That I mean, the opportunity least... was there to sign him, and I think the conversation would have been, 
we don't need another winger right now. And Bielsa saying, yes, but he is also an option up front. And we yeah. do need a striker. Hmm. Because I don't... I, Rodrigo's not been... You know, wasn't his first choice striker. Hmm. Um, maybe. So that's, maybe. That, that's something I've been, I've been thinking about these, these last few days. I'm not trying to give anyone credit, but when people were saying we should have signed a striker... You think I, I do, I do think I do think and I think Bielsa included would would say, no, we signed Dan James. Hmm. That's that's who I wanted. And I knew he could play there. And we'd kind of go, yes and no. Wow. Um but yeah, if, if you got into that position where to stick Jan's, Dan James on that list as well, you then have you know players like Greenwood, Gelhart, Somerville, Cresswell. To, to kind of supplement those positions. And then you need to probably look at signing players between sort of 23 and 27 to kind of fill mm. the age gap in between. Mm. Yeah. It, it's one of them. I'm, the reason I'm a bit calmer than I was is thinking about it logically. It isn't like 2004, where if we go down, we're completely screwed. It's bad. It's really bad, but it's not that bad. And there is a way of rebuilding. It's just whether I trust the people that we have in charge to be good enough at the job to rebuild, and I'm not. That's why I'm desperate for us to stay up. Because if we stay up, another year of Premier League money, we can spend... Without panicking, you can spend a... We should have 50 million quid to spend. You're probably going to... If we stay up, you're probably going to get 60 or 70 for that. Hmm. And then you can actually fill the squad properly. But it's whether we do it right and we have to stay up first, and I don't think we're going to. Um, yeah, I'm still hoping for the 4 2 4. I don't think it will be, though. I think it'll be. I think he'll try and match him up. And I think, you know, a team that plays this formation well versus a team that plays this formation badly doesn't go well. And I wish I, I, wish I could be more positive, but 2 uh, 0 Brighton. 1-0 leads. God, I hope you're right. I, I am also, if we are having something of a family dinner at roughly kickoff. So, so, where, but, so what, they're all having a family dinner and you're sitting in the other room? Oh, no, I'm sitting in the same room with my phone on. Oh, have you got, I, have I, you got Skygo? Yeah. Cool, it's fine then. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know you've got Skygo from when you watched... Um, it was the watching the scum game in Hernando's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Upsetting people because I slammed my hand on the table when we, when we went 2 0 down. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I really, really, really hope you're, hope you're right. I had a quick glance through everything. Leeds, last I checked, were slight favourites for this match. Is that because we're at home? Uh, we are no longer favourites. We are now seventeen to ten, and Brighton are six why, to four. Don't know why we were ever favourites. Oh, that will be why it's because we're at home. But that's why, like, and that's why I mentioned it because I was saying if that's still the case, if any Leeds fans want an insurance bet, I would be recommending a tenner on Brighton here. Yeah. Uh... Um. The, the like trying to save your pain, uh, double isn't too bad on this because of how big a price Burnley are. Like the uh, Burnley all draw is like nine to four. Might I might double that with Brighton? <laughs> Do you remember how happy we were last summer? Leeds had had a really good season, and then England gets the finals of the Euros. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I've it, I've, it's I've said be before. A bloody miserable summer. Either way, this is going to be a miserable summer. Like for most people, it'd be 2021 was a year and 2022 is a year. But as a football fan, I don't see the years like that. The, <laughs> the seasons the 20, of your life. Even with COVID and everything, for me personally, 2021 was a really good year. Leeds were ninth in the Premier League playing great football. My daughter was born. It was fantastic. 21 22 has been fucking miserable. Everything's gone wrong. It's just all been a shit show for the whole year. 
So I'm really hoping 22, 23 is fun. But by the <laughs> way, when one of us makes the eulogy at the other person's funeral, please can we talk about the final season of their life? Yeah. <laughs> Jack died midway through the twenty, you know, the the twenty fifty eight fifty nine season. Yeah, we had to we had to drag everyone from the youth team to it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, um, so yeah, I'm going to a nil defeat. You're going for a one nil win. Uh, for the, do you think it's one where we score and hang on, or do you think it's a late goal? Can't bear either one. <laughs> <laughs> either way, I think Brighton are going to dominate. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Just, just sod it. Diego Urenti has a speculative 37 yarder that just flies in. That's yeah. the dream right now. That would be. I, nice. I genuinely think he might be our most attacking player at this point. Yeah. Well, um, where's Belushi that... when you need him? Get him in the field. <laughs> <laughs> just... All the mid, all the defenders. David Louise, get him in there. Uh. We'd kill, we'd we'd kill for a David Louise. Um, yeah, that will do us for episode 156 uh, of the podcast FA Cup final in about half an hour. So go watch that. Um, I I don't know if my brain can take it tomorrow. We'll see. I just just. Uh, Please let Spurs win. If Spurs win, I'll be able to handle it. If we walk into that game and Burnley have got something, I don't know if I'm going to be able to. I think I'll just be sat there like this for the entire game. Yeah. Um. I, ju- I, ju- I don't enjoy football anymore. No, it's it's shit in it football. It's so hard. <laughs> but yeah, that'll do. As I've been Jack, see you. I'm in Casey. Have a good one. In a bit.